indeed we are going to be blessed today as we share the word of God together and also have baby dedication. Do we have Atlantis in the house? Amen. 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 Do we have Milnaten in the house? Yeah. Do you, we have the hosts in the house? Yeah. Amen. So, <clears throat> what I'm going to share with you today, it's still aligned to the fact that today we have a baby dedication. When we are born, or when any of us got born, like today we've got this baby who was born a few months ago, you should be asking yourself, why did I have to be born? Did you know that on the whole earth there is no duplicate of you? So it means if you are the only you in the world, there should be something special about you. That nobody else can be who you are or who you are destined to be. Can you tell your neighbor, I'm so much unique that no matter how much you try, you will never be me. Amen. You can, you, you, you can tell your neighbor, you can even try and Google and see if all over the world there is another me. There is no other me in the whole world. I'm the original. Amen. Now, when we are originals, it means I cannot be copying. Isn't it? I'm not a copy. And originals are expensive. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, treat me like an original. Man. <laughs> Amen. So those people who say you are useless, you will never be anything, they just don't know that you are an original. <clears throat> There's a reason why God created you. Amen. Amen. So as we dedicate the baby today, I just want you to reflect a bit about your own life. Why, what on earth are you here for? What on earth are you here for? Ask your neighbor, what on earth are you here for? <laughs> In other words, we're asking you, why did you come on earth? Amen. Amen. Because some of you are living as if there is no specific purpose for your life. And we cannot find our purpose anywhere else except from our maker. I want to show you something in the book of Genesis. Go to the book of Genesis chapter 4 verse 12. We'll read in the NIV. So we're talking about what on earth am I here for? But Genesis 4.12 shows us a time when Cain sinned and then he was now disconnected from God. This is what happens with people who get disconnected from God. Tell your neighbor, we are about to read what happens to people who get disconnected from God. Amen. NIV Genesis 4.12. Somebody read. You mm-hmm. Okay, let's all say you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Will any of us want to be a restless wanderer on the earth? But that's what happens if you get disconnected from God. Amen? God says you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. You will just be moving around. Like when you remember the other time when 
servants of the Lord in the book of Job chapter 1. <laughs> you remember? The servants of God came before God and Satan also came. And God said, Satan, where have you been? What did he say? I've been just moving to and fro through the earth. That's what happens to people without the Lord. Amen? You become a restless wanderer. You become somebody who just moves to and fro. But then, if you know the reason for your existence, you are focused. Amen? Amen? But you cannot know the reason of your existence without connection with the Lord. Amen? And you need, you better find out quick the purpose of your existence. Because you only have this time between the time you were born and the time you die. Hebrews 9.27, can somebody read for us? Hebrews 9.27 Meant. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Okay, so we got born and then we will have an opportunity to die. Okay? But in between is the time to leave your purpose. Tell your neighbor, this is the time to leave your purpose on earth. But ask your neighbor, have you found it yet? Because how will you leave your purpose on earth if you haven't found it yet? Do you think there is anybody who was created to be a murderer? Do you think there's anybody created to be a gangster? Do you think there's anybody created just to be wandering throughout the earth, to and fro? And in Sunday, some of us are in church, you are wandering around. You can't find your purpose that way. So we find our purpose in the Lord when we are in him. And then it means even today, because you only have this period. Okay, from birth to death, to live out the purpose of God in your life. You better find out what is that purpose. Because once you go to the grave, there is no more work. Can we just read <coughs> Ecclesiastes 9.10? Ecclesiastes 9.10. <coughs> we can do it amplified. Because do everything you can now on earth. For in the grave where you are going, there is no more work. Amen. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Shoal, the netherworld, the place of the dead where you are going. Tell your neighbor, don't reserve your energy for the grave. Amen. Because there's no more work there. It's actually quiet. Amen. So rather, do what you need to do now. Don't be a restless wanderer. Amen. I'm living out my purpose. 
when you live out your purpose, you don't even have to compete with other people. Because they can't be you and you can't be them. Amen? So we need to know that they can't be you and you can't be them. And God created us for his glory. And when he created me, he made me special. Amen? You know that my cause is like when all the way to... Okay, this is what happens. Before we got born here on earth, we were there before. Tell your neighbor, don't be confused by my birth date. I was there before. Amen. Because he says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you. In other words, your path was already set forth. Can we read that in Jeremiah 1.5? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Yes. And approved of you as my chosen instrument. Amen. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. So he says, before Oluetu was born, he knew Oluetu. So it means, you've got a very big task. Because you need to know why was this little one born. So that you can create an environment for her success. He says, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you. So actually, Jeremiah was already a prophet before he was born. Amen. So people get confused by your birth date and they think that's when you started. You were there long before. Amen. But now, he said he knew me already. I had to come on earth because there is something, some business to do. There is some business to do. It's like Jesus says, I come on earth, I'm busy with my father's kingdom. There is some business to do. So God set forth a plan for my life and finished it. When he set forth and finished it, then he said, now you can go on earth and be born. The plan is finished. Isn't that how you build your houses and everything? You set up the plan and do everything before you start. Amen? And when you know exactly it will be like this, like this, it will be a double story, it will have 17 rooms, it will have this, 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 and sometimes you even make us look at the plan and you say, that's my house. Amen? And now after that, it has to be built. So now, if you go to the book of Ephesians, I want to show you something. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll do it in the NIV. Because I want you to understand that God is not making it as he goes. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a pay as you go. Amen. So it's not as if, in a way that sometimes you will even run out of airtime about your future. I'm already finished. Amen. I'm just living out to my destiny. My destiny is already set. Amen. That's why we will declare things before things come to pass. And you see them coming to pass. So if you read Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 in the NIV. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. When was I chosen? Sure, good me. Chosen before the foundations of the world. Before the creation of the world. So he finished me already. Before he started with me on earth. And he predestined us. Okay? Predestination. Some of you know predestination. English. Pre means before. Destination means where you are going to. Isn't it? Isn't that how also they do it with your flight ticket? They tell you where you will end up before you leave. Amen? So that you make sure you are in the right plane. So ask your neighbor, are you in the right plane? For your life. <laughs> Amen? Are you going where you're supposed to go? Are you going where you are supposed to go? Because some of you are going just because it's like you, you get into a, a taxi and say, I'm going wherever this taxi is going. An aimless wanderer. A restless wanderer. So you need to know that this is my destiny. This is what God has for me. And live out your purpose. Amen. So the first thing, of course, is if you are not born again, if you are not connected to God, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you cannot find your purpose. Because you've seen it with Cain. When you sin disconnects you from God, you become a restless wanderer. But when you have now connection with God, you need to find out from God, what on earth am I here for? What is the purpose of my life? So he predestined us for adoption as sons. Read verse 11 of the same <coughs> Ephesians chapter 1, NIV. In him who were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Oh. So he predestined us in him according to according to the plan. Yes. Tell your neighbor, my life is not haphazard, it's according to the plan. By the way, did you know that some of the detours that you have, sometimes it's also part of the plan. You remember the detours of, of, of Joseph? Huh? Joseph. He had a dream that his brothers and his parents would bow to him. But did you see how many detours he took before they ultimately bowed to him? And some of those detours are necessary because you need to go to your Egypt to get your Pharaoh who will interpret your dream as you interpret his dream. Amen. 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 So therefore, even your moment here at Jesus the Savior Church is part of the plan. Amen. Even your moment here at Jesus the Savior Church is part of the plan. There is something that God wants to impart on you for your destiny. And at the same time, there is things that you should impart to us for our destiny. Amen. Amen. Read Ephesians 2.10. 2, 
Because I like this thing of a handiwork. When we <coughs> grew up, you guys do arts these days. We used to do what is called handiwork. Right at the handiwork, Hey, not, yeah, you guys these days you do arts and what, what. We used to do handiwork. But we used to do handiwork. Amen. Now, we know what a handiwork is. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 10, NIV. For we are God's handiwork. Oh. Tell your neighbor, God has a handiwork. Has a handiwork. You are looking at God's handiwork. Do you think God creates anything that's not beautiful? Does God create anything that's not beautiful? <clears throat> if your neighbor thinks you are not beautiful, they are confused. Amen? Because you are God's handiwork. And God is a master maker. Amen? We have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Specially designed. A special design. One of its kind. Amen. We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared for us in advance. So if I am the handiwork of God. <clears throat> I'm going to live out my purpose in life. But I cannot know my purpose. My master is the one who needs to tell me what is my purpose. Okay? And some of you, there is this thing, as we go to the book of <clears throat> Isaiah 68, 64 verse 8 in the Amplified. I want to share with you something. Some of you, <clears throat> your life, you think your life is in, somebody, some of you say, my life is in a mess. My life is ruined. So and so did this to me. Maybe I was, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got a child before I got married or I was raped and this and this happened to me or I contracted HIV because of this and this or there was this and this this that happened to me. This has messed up my future. Some of you talk like that. Can I tell you that nobody can mess up your future? Amen? Amen. Unless you allow them to. So whatever they have done, <clears throat> there is a master maker. I remember when we were young, again the handiwork. <clears throat> we also used to do handiwork with clay. Okay? With clay, if you are building something and that clay falls, it loses the shape. And we used to pick it up again and remodel it. <clears throat> so, whatever thing that somebody thinks they have messed up your future, no. May you allow the porter to reshape you. May you allow the porter to reshape you. Because God is your porter. You are just like clay in his hands. Amen. Tell your neighbor, allow the porter to shape you. Can somebody read Isaiah 68 verse, 64 verse 8 amplified? <clears throat> Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our porter. Oh, amen. And we, and we all are the work of your hand. You see now, the work of your hand, if you read it from the hand and come back, what does it say? Work of your hand is handiwork. Isn't it? The work of your hand. So it's handiwork. 
Amen. Amen. So now, when I am the handiwork of God, nobody can mess up with my future. Amen. Amen. They can do whatever they do. They might have done whatever they've done. And you feel, this has ruined my future. Nobody's greater than the porter. Amen. So you can reshape your future with God. Stop keeping on blaming that past because it will not change unless you change it. Amen. You need to say, I am God's handiwork. I want to allow the porter to reshape me. The porter will remodel me. The porter will make sure that I fit in with his original design. And even when you come to church like this, it's time to be reshaped. The porter is using his word to reshape you. Some of the places where you are now getting hopeless, you are getting reshaped. As we're saying this now, you started feeling, oh, I wasn't aware. I thought that what those people have done now, it means I will never have a good future anymore. Now I can see what God intends for my life. Now the porter is shaping you. The porter is reshaping you. And allow the porter to reshape you. Because once you, while you cannot change your past, you can determine your destiny. Amen? Tell your neighbor, you may not be able to change your past. But you can determine your destiny. And for me, what counts best is where I'm going. See how I will end. Tell your neighbor, see how I will end. It doesn't matter how I've started. Amen. I will end in glory. I will end in the purpose of God for my life. There might have been detours along the way, some of which were designed by God, some of which were the enemy's attack on my life, but my destiny is sorted. Amen. Amen. I will end where I need to end. Because sometimes if you allow the devil to say your future is ruined, that's why you will even commit suicide. Because you can't see reason to live anymore. You are supposed to be able to say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. All fear is gone. I know. Yes, I, I know. He holds the future. Amen. Who holds the future? With a living child. Who holds the future? Amen. Amen. Who holds the future? The Lord my God holds the future. So I cannot have a ruined future. You can't ruin my future because he holds the future. Amen. Life is worth a living because Jesus lives. Let me give you an example of somebody who could have said this is my history. 
this is my background, my future is ruined. And he decided no. First Chronicles 4, <clears throat> verse 9 and 10, amplified. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, amplified. I want to tell you about a young man called Jabez. Okay? It's just that, you see, this... <laughs> We used to talk about our parents, okay, some of us, especially from the African culture. Our parents would, would give us names that were not a blessing. If, if a, an in-law is fighting with the other in-law or the rivals were fighting, they would give that name to you. Amen. And they were fighting through you. Okay? Now, some of our names... If we were given a chance, we would change them. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Because they don't declare our faith. Yeah. Amen. We want names that talk about our faith. But anyway, that's what my parents said about me. But does that change where I'm going? No. That's their opinion about me, but that's not me. I know where I'm going. Now, I want you to look at this. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, I like this. Because when it's in English, by the way, some of these English names, when a name is in English, you think it's a very nice name. When you don't know the meaning. But when it's in your vernacular, you say, oh, such a name. Okay. Because somebody can, be, can enjoy Arm Jabez. <laughs> Sounds like a good, cool name. But you know what Jabez means? It means sorrow maker. Pain. Imagine your name is called pain. So it means these things of our parents giving us names like that didn't start now. Even those Jews of old, they were naming their children like that. And look, why did she call him pain? Read. Was more was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, sorrow maker. Oh, Jabez, sorrow maker. Mm. Now, that's your name. <laughs> when somebody is called Abraham, the father of nations, you are called Jabez, sorrow maker. Okay, continue. Saying, because I bore him in pain. Oh, just because you bore him in pain, now you call him sorrow maker? Mm. So you taking your stress on the child. Okay. She says, because I bore him in pain, he is called sorrow maker. And imagine he's moving around with other children at school. Hey, sorrow maker. <laughs> sorrow maker. <laughs> JB. <laughs> JB. <laughs> JB is Jabez, in short. <laughs> sorrow maker. But I want you to see. This one was determined. The mother already said, this one is sorrow maker. By the way, some of us were given names like troublemaker. Kakati. Okay. That's what our parents were saying. But should that make me kakati on earth? No. My destiny, my actually, because the Bible says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So, my mother, just because she begot me, she thought she can determine who I am. No, I was there before I was formed in her. Let my master say who I am. Amen. 
So read it. What did he say? Jabez cried to the Lord. JB cried to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you'll bless me and enlarge my brother, and that your hand might be with me, and you'll keep me from evil, so it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. Amen. I want you to look at this. He, instead of him saying, Hi, my parents says I'm a troublemaker, I'm a sorrow maker. It means my life will always be full of sorrows. Like some of you are keeping on blaming your background and what your parents did. This one cried to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders and that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from evil. Other translation says, that you might keep me from pain. That it will not hurt me. I am canceling what my parents said about me. Amen. 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 Oh, that you would bless me indeed. So, Deluhabes, you are blessed, you guys, because you are hearing the word of God. So, you are going to speak a good future for your baby. You can't do, don't do like our parents who spoke, who did their fights on us. So, you can speak good future for the baby. So that even when she grows, she may live out her purpose in life. So he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. How many of you want the Lord to enlarge your territories? Amen. 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 So it doesn't matter what people have said about your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. Some of the foolish mistakes that you made. But you can go and cry to the Lord, God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territories. That your hand might be with me. That you would keep me from pain. That it will not hurt me. And God granted him his request. So, he could have blamed his parents, isn't it? And he says, whatever the parents said about me, that's not where I'm going. He could have blamed his past. Some of you think you are so much in a ditch that you can't get out. But I'm telling you, the porter, the porter knows how to reshape you. Amen? Cry unto the Lord God and say, Lord, I need you. I cannot reshape my life. My life is not in a state that I'm pleased with. But I want you to take charge of my life. I want you to take charge of my life. I want you to bless me, enlarge my territory. I want to live out the purpose of my existence on the earth. Because even Jesus, he came for a purpose. Go to the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 8 in the Amplified. 1 John 3, 8c in the Amplified. So the 8c, the c starts from where it says the reason. The reason the Son of God was manifest, Mm -hmm. visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Oh, so even for Jesus, there was a reason why he had to come. And he had to live out his purpose on earth. Okay? It says the reason Jesus was manifested was to come and destroy the works of the devil. So there should be something special about you. 
why you are born on earth. And may we allow God's purpose to prevail in our lives. He says the reason he was manifested was to destroy the works of the devil. Did you know that your purpose in life can preserve you? How many of you know that Jesus was supposed to come and die for us on the cross? And he did. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you remember one time when he was in a boat with his disciples sleeping and there was a storm? And the the boat was about to sink. And what did the disciples say? Don't you care that we perish? Do you think it could have been possible that Jesus drowned and died in the sea? No. That's why I also don't die like that. Amen. Don't go like a coward. Amen. Yeah. Because there's a purpose for my life. I must first live out my purpose on the earth. And my purpose will preserve me. Amen. But if you've got no purpose, it's easy for the enemy to just take you off. Because you've got no purpose. Okay? Because Jesus, when he was in that boat, whatever could have happened, there was no way he would die in the boat. Because he was destined for the cross. That was his destination. Amen. So, I will give you an example. Go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. Now, this applies to all of us. I'm saying to you, your purpose can preserve you. Okay? It's like, I've told you guys, we are going to build the house of the Lord. So now, do you think I will quit before we build the house of the Lord? No. I've told you guys what the Lord has laid in my heart about the teaching ministry where I've got to travel all over the world and teach the word of God. I'm not quitting before I do that. Amen. 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 My purpose will preserve me. Now I want to show you from the word where somebody's purpose preserved them. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. I want you to read it for us. Because I want you to see something. Okay, read. Faith Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress. Oh, I like this. So it seems like the testing of our faith can be in progress. Mm. So it means when you are under pressure. I also sometimes get under pressure. Mm. Even early hours of this morning, I was under pressure. Testing of my faith was in progress. But I don't quit. I don't bow before the enemy. I'm a fighter. Amen. 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 I fight a good fight of faith. Because I'm supposed to preach today. How will I preach if my body is attacked and I can't even stand? Or I'm just having pain all over my body? I can't do that. So therefore, we fight until I preach. Amen. 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 And that's what your attitude should be. Let your purpose preserve you. You are made for greatness. Now Hebrews 11, 17 to 19 amplified. By faith Abraham, Mm. when he was put to the test, Mm. while the testing of his faith was still in progress. Hey, this thing, man. The testing of your faith in progress. Mm. (laughs) You know when people are still doing something, they will still say something is still in progress. So as if, it's just by the way, the testing of my faith is still in progress. Mm. 
instead of you feeling the pain, you have the pain, but you say the testing of my faith is still in progress. Mm. Mm-hmm. Had already brought Isaac for an offering. Mm. He who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises mm. was ready to sacrifice his only son. Mm. Of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. Mm. For he reasoned, for he reasoned. I want that reasoning, verse 19. Uh-huh. For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from among the dead. Indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. Okay, I want to show you your purpose preserving you. God had said, Abraham, you will have many children through Isaac. You remember that promise? It said here, verse 18, he had said, you will have many children through Isaac. Now the same God says, go and sacrifice Isaac. Do you give birth when you are dead? Uh -uh. So it means there were two possibilities. But that's God's problem. Because because he said Isaac will give me children. It's either he does something and then the child doesn't get killed, but he said I must kill him. If I kill him, he will have to raise him from the dead. That's how Abraham reasoned. You see verse 19. Abraham reasoned. That's a good reasoning. Okay. You say, God, you've already promised this. Okay. Now, if Isaac dies, how will your promise be fulfilled? So you rather rather have to to raise him from the dead. And actually, Abraham was believing that I'm going to kill him. He will be raised from the dead. And then the master had to stop him from killing him. He says, now I've seen your faith. Amen. Amen. So it means Isaac could not, Isaac's life could not be cut short because he was supposed to give many descendants to Abraham. So that's how your purpose preserves you in life. Amen. So it means if there is a purpose for my life, I want that purpose to preserve me. I don't want to live like, you know there are people who live on earth you become an old man and we check what you've done in life. Zero. Nothing. Now we even get surprised. You tell us you are 60 years old. What have you done? Because even an 18 year old has done a lot already. Now in your 60 years of existence, what have you done? I was wandering up and down. Restless wanderer. Okay? I want you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 3 to 6. We are winding down now. We are going for baby dedication. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 3 to 6 ERV. I want to show you something that even if you live many many years if you don't leave a mark in life it's wasted years. I heard Babun Mangwane was sharing with you guys about handing over the button. And Ms. Mango, apparently in Milnaten, she was sharing about the, 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 you are at a particular place for such a time as this. What difference are you making on earth? Okay? Ecclesiastes 6, 3 to 6, ERV. 
A man might live a long time and have 100 children. Oh, mm. repeat. A man might live a long time and, and have, have 100 children. Oh, yeah. a man might live a long time and have 100, 100 children. Mm. Yeah. So now, you see the preacher was able to provoke people's thoughts. Mm. Because now you want to know <laughs> what's going to happen with this guy who had 100 children. Let's hear. But if he is not satisfied with those good things, and if no one remembers him after his death, okay, repeat that. If no one, and if no one remembers remember him, him after his after his death. death, so this guy left no mark. Mm. He lived for many years. He had hundred children, but they would at least should have said, at least he had children, <laughs> because you know there was this guy. Uh, yeah. I think it's J. Red. Yeah. Among those guys that lived, so and so lived, what, what, what. So one of them, they say, he lived 965 years. And he died. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nothing to show. It's many, many years, and he died. Mm. While others, we are hearing, Jesus only lived for 33 years. But we can see the impact. Amen. 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 So he says a man might live a long time and have hundred children. But if he's not satisfied with those good things and if no one remembers him after his death. Uh-huh. I say that a baby who dies at birth is better off than that man. Oh. He says if you have lived such a long time and you've got nothing to show for it. It's as good as a, ba- a stillborn. Continue. It is senseless when a baby is born dead. Mm. The baby is quickly buried in a dark grave without even a name. Mm. The baby never saw the sun and never knew anything. Mm. But the baby finds more rest than the man who never enjoyed what God gave him. You see, this guy who, who doesn't have meaning in life, it's worse than a stillborn baby. Because he wasted years on earth. At least the stillborn baby had no time to waste on earth. Okay? Finish it. He might live. He might live 2,000 years. Oh, he might live 2,000 years. So as much as we believe God for a long life, it should be assigned to your purpose. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. So that if I live 2,000 years, then you should see that this guy indeed lived 2,000 years. Mm. <clears throat> he might live 2,000 years, but if he does not enjoy life, then the baby who was born dead has found the easiest way to the same end. Oh, did you see that? So, this is saying to all of us, babies, we may undermine the babies and think they are young, they are nothing, and that, but some of you, your life, you might be in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s. But then you haven't written any chapter yet in life. So, she can start with you. Amen. So that's why it's very, very important to know the reason of your existence, the purpose of your existence. And stop being a restless wanderer. 
Stop being a restless wanderer. Going to and fro. <coughs> Live a legacy of faith. Live a legacy of faith. Now, as we conclude, I want to challenge the Luhabes. There is a purpose for this little one's existence on the earth. But you guys have got a responsibility to nurture this baby in the right ways of the Lord. As much as you've got responsibility of your, over your own lives, but you also have responsibility over all of it. So can we look at this? First Tim, Second Timothy 1 verse 5 in the message translation. Because I want to show you that you can actually establish a legacy of faith for our children. And we perpetuate that. How I wish that the Mukosi family from henceforth will be known as people of faith. Many, many years down the line, may people reflect back and say, we remember the faith was, that was in the old man, referring to me. Long after I'm gone. Because my generations and generations after me would be perpetuating that legacy of faith. 2 Timothy 1.5 message. That precious memory triggers another. Mm. Your honest faith and what a rich faith it is. Yes. Handed down from your grandmother, Louise, mm. and to your mother, Eunice, mm. and how to you. Amen. Now, you see how the faith was handed down from your grandmother, Louise, to your mother, Eunice, and now to you. So that's, mommy, you've got a responsibility to hand something to all of it. But may you hand faith to her. That's why as parents, <coughs> okay, sorry parents, who miss church. What are you teaching the little ones? It's Sunday. And the parent, ah, it's, uh, today I'm tired, I don't go to church. Now the little one is even waking up. Mommy, it's time for church. Ah, we will go next week. What are you creating? Okay? And thus, they handed down a legacy of faith. From your grandmother, Louise, to your mother, Eunice, and now I'm convinced it's in you also. Okay. And now, Mr. Luhabe says, it seems I'm off the hook here. Even men have responsibility. Go to the book of Genesis. Chapter 18, verse 19. <clears throat> Let's do it in the authorized King James Version, AKJV. AKJV. <clears throat> Genesis 18, 19. Because even Abraham, as much as Louis and Eunice had responsibility to <clears throat> perpetuate faith to the young Timothy, even Abraham, he was commanded to perpetuate faith to his children and generations after them. Read it for us. <coughs> oh, you don't, don't have AKJ? Have yes. Okay. For I know him that he will command his children and his, children, his household after him and they, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment and that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what, that which he has spoken of him. So God says, I know Abraham I know that he's going to teach his children my ways. 
I know that he will teach even generations after them my ways. So what was he doing? He was perpetuating the legacy of faith. Amen. Amen. I know him. Can God, parents, can God trust us? Because they, God gave us those children, isn't it? The reason that, you see, all the way to, out of the whole earth, God said it's right that all the way to should come to the two of you. Now, if God so much entrusted you, trusted you, shouldn't you live up to the trust that God has placed on you? So that God can even say, I know Mr. Ruhabe. I know him. He's going to teach his daughter the right ways. He's going to lead by example. By the way, <coughs> you cannot deceive children. Children do what parents do. Okay? Especially at the age of four, <coughs> four or five years. If you find children playing family, and then one is a father, now he's kicking the mother. <laughs> now you know the children have just demonstrated to you what's, got, what's happening at home. Even if in front of the children you say, my boy, you must, love, you must love people. You see, I love your mommy. But the child looks and see if you love mommy. If you love mommy, why are you kicking mommy? I heard mommy crying. And a child, you know, sometimes children feel like beating you. You being a parent. Okay? So it means whatever we do is not only for us. It's also for our children. So what picture are we painting on our children? When you are a father or a mother and you don't live in the ways of the Lord, some of you fathers, you're not in the Lord, you're taking life, you're wandering up and down, you still drink, and you're a drunkard, and you come back, and the child still sees, oh, seems there's another fashion that my daddy knows. He's learning. Okay? That's 13, 14... 16, and then now when daddy didn't finish it, can I have part of it? Now daddy said, no, this is not for children. But if it's not for children, they want to, to feel what you are feeling. And unfortunately, as they grow and become teenagers and go 18 and up, you will no longer be able to control them. So therefore, rather do everything that you do as a parent, make sure you have set the correct example. If they go out in other ways, let it not be because of you. Amen. Let it never be because they saw it from you. As a parent. You should say, my conscience is clear. I can still claim these children back because my God said, I must train up my children in the way they should go and when they grow, they will never depart from it. So I'm still trusting God to bring back my children to the right ways. Because you know it's not you. They didn't learn it from you. But now, if you are parents and you're not serious about your life, it doesn't only affect your life, it's also bringing a bad legacy for your children. Okay? It's bringing a bad legacy for your children. So we can pack this one here. I believe that we're talking today about our purpose in life. As we are going to do baby dedication for all the way to, 
I believe that you also were challenged. The rest of us in our own individual lives. But also for you parents. To be serious about your lives and also about the lives of your children. Because how you are living is impacting on your children. You see? <laughs> yeah, let me say it. If children were given chance to choose parents, some of you would not be chosen. If children were given chance to choose parents, <laughs> you would find nobody wants you as a parent. <clears throat> but it's in our hands. We can be good parents. We can be godly parents. And we teach our children in the right ways. That they should wish they were your children. They should say, like Jubilee said, Jubilee now we were just celebrating her birthday. She's 22 now. So she said, if I had an opportunity to choose parents, I would still choose you. Amen. I like that. I should still be chosen. <laughs> and I will do my best, my daughter. I will, I'll, I'll keep on doing my best so that you keep on choosing. Amen. So we're going to <coughs> dedicate all the way to, to the Lord. So I'll ask, let's get a worship song. Unless I'm asking uh, <coughs> Pastor Josephine and Elder Madulake to join me and uh, Miss Msimango. As we are going to dedicate all the way to unto the Lord. In our church, we do not baptize children because I do not have that revelation. What I see in scriptures, I see Jesus dedicating children and blessing them. So that's what we also do. Amen. Yeah, you are faithful. Let's do your faith. <coughs> So, you are faithful. I would want us all to stand up as, as we are doing this song. You are faithful, O oh Lord. You are faithful.